In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Luke's gospel reading for today is not one of my favorite passages. It's not one I had to memorize in Sunday school. And I certainly haven't seen it pictured in any stained glass windows in any church that I've been in recently. But the truth is there are many passages in our gospels, all four of them, that express the same kind of thought. By the 12th chapter of Luke's gospel, which we just heard, Jesus had turned his face toward Jerusalem toward the confrontation with the authorities. As he moved from town to town, confronting the conventional wisdom, Jesus must have known what he was going to face. This is a journey not of power and might. He doesn't come in on a white charger, but rather a journey of vulnerability, a nonviolent challenge to the perspective of life based on power and hierarchy. I believe that Jesus understood what was ahead of him. He had consistently challenged those who were in authority. His words and his acts were about choosing to live according to God's way. Today's text opens with a harsh, with harsh words about it, what it means to be a follower of the way of Jesus. It's much more than lunch on a Galilean hillside, more than catching a boatload of fish, more than miraculous healings. In so many words, the writer says, so you think you want to follow Jesus? (laughs) You better know what you're getting into. Actually, These words reflect the hard times that Christians experienced at the end of the first century and harder times that were to come when families would would be divided among themselves by the fire in their midst. The references in this passage are to fire and to baptism. Now fire can be good or it can be bad But good or bad, it cannot be ignored. It was fire that Moses saw in a bush and fire which led the people of Israel by night through the wilderness. It was fire that touched the lips of the prophet Isaiah as he was called to proclaim God to Israel. And fire that fell upon and consumed the altar of Baal when Elijah preached and prayed. It was fire that descended upon the heads of the apostles after the resurrection at Pentecost. But we know too very well that fire can destroy. It can destroy homes and forests and lives. But we also know that without fire, there are certain trees that cannot be effectively, that cannot effectively reproduce. The wax that holds the seed of the lodgepole pine does not melt and release the seed without fire to melt the wax. And the undergrowth 
block, without fire, the undergrowth blocks out new seedlings. Without fire, the forest cannot be renewed. Baptism in the days of Luke's community was a radical thing. It caused deep anger between family members and friends. Remember that Jesus had called into question the typical patriarchal system of the Mediterranean family. For Jesus, all have equal access to God, male or female, Jew or Gentile, slave or free, regardless of race or age or health or wealth. And by the end of the first century, to follow Jesus, to be a follower of the way of Jesus, demanded a loyalty that divided families and cost lives. Certainly by the time this gospel was compiled, division within families over the person of Jesus was the reality in the Hellenistic Jewish churches. When those who were baptized were declared an anathema and written out of the book of life, by those who were not baptized. Jesus brought a new view of the world, but in these words, his realism comes through. Evil and injustice were and still are rampant, and therefore there is division. In just a few minutes, we will baptize Virginia Nell Watson now, baptism is not a privilege earned or deserved. Virginia, like most of the babies that I have baptized, will be oblivious to what is going on. She and the rest of us have done nothing to earn this privilege of being baptized. She might be asleep by then, in spite of the goos and the smiles and the kisses that have come before. She might be wetting her diaper or doing something else, or screaming her head off when Lissa takes her back into her arms. But Lissa's going to pour water over her head, a reminder of the waters through which the Hebrews went as God led them from bondage to freedom, and the waters of the Jordan River that the Hebrews crossed into the Holy Land and the waters in which Jesus was baptized by John. And if you have been to Israel, the waters you may have renewed your baptismal covenant. It reminds us of the waters of baptism that have bound men and women, old and young, black and white, yellow and, and red and male and female for more than 2,000 years. Water that is thicker than blood. And when she is marked with the sign of the cross, and Lissa says to her, you are sealed in baptism by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. For in baptism, we are affirming what already is. It doesn't begin God's love for her, but it affirms the fact that God loves her and God has always loved her. And long before she could be hurt by the world or do anything else that is hurtful to another, God has loved her. I'm going to give her a candle that will remind her of the transforming light of Christ. 
And in all of that, we are affirming that there's nothing, there's nothing that can separate her from God's love. The truth is that baptism is not merely personal or about family, as much as I love the old family baptismal gowns and especially the hats and the gathering of aunts and uncles and grandparents and godparents. Baptism is about the church, about belonging to the church, the community of followers of the way of Jesus Christ, and those who commit themselves to God's transforming power of love. The rituals that we share are important because they remind us of who we are and whose we are. They remind us that we are beloved of God and that we are forgiven. They remind us that we are a community that seeks to be faithful to God. It seems to me that today's reading points to the fact that we have choices. Choices about how we live our lives, how we treat one another, how we spend our time, how we spend our money, and with whom we spend our energy. As we choose, we are choosing to be faithful, that is full of faith in God, or not. What if we were to take that seriously? What if we were to take our own baptism seriously? What if we were to be faithfully, were to faithfully live out the promises and the vows that are made at baptism? What if we live them out every day, every minute, in the light of the blessing we have received at baptism? What if we were to intentionally and thoughtfully seek and serve Christ in all persons? What if we were to strive for justice and peace in all their decisions, in all that we do? What if we were to respect the dignity of every human being that we encounter? We live in a time of division that leads to violence. What if we were to respect the dignity of those with whom we disagree, even those we don't want to speak to, because that disagreement has become more like hatred? What if we were to recognize the image and likeness of God in even those who have hurt us and those whose views divide and separate us? What if we were to treat those we disagree with and those we dislike as we would want them to treat us? That's hard work. But we belong to a community that seeks to serve Christ in all people, a community fed and nurtured by the body and blood of Christ. The theologian Thierry de Chardin wrote, Someday, after we have mastered the winds, the waves, the tides, and gravity, we shall harness the energies of love. And then for the second time in history, in the history of the world, man will have discovered fire. The energy of love. 
an energy that is like fire, able to lead us through the darkness, an energy that is like light, which makes us able to see in the darkness, an energy that is like water, the water of baptism, <clears throat> which brings new hope, new dreams, new possibilities, new life. Amen.